Welcome to the Author Blur Podcast. I'm your host, Eric Maynard. So this episode, I speak with Dr. Downer, Rosemary Downer. She's written five books on Christianity, and we discuss her books about forgiveness, about the impact that COVID or other events have had recently on the church. And I will say, it was an interesting and very powerful conversation. I enjoyed it like I have so many other conversations. She's an author well worth reading and listening to in this episode. So with that being said, I'm not going to beat around the bush. I'm going to get you to this show right now. In the meantime, if you're listening to this audio, you can go to authorblurb.com and look at her profile to find out more information about her as well, or just listen to the show and go there afterwards. I hope you enjoy, and I look forward to talking with you soon. So I'm here today with Dr. Downer, who we're discussing her five books that revolves around Christianity and the church. She has an amazing background, and I could probably go on and gush about her for quite some time, but instead of me doing that, let me let her explain a bit about her books, about herself, and then we'll go into discussing different questions so you can get to know her. Dr. Downer, thank you for being here. If you can tell us a bit about yourself and your books, I would really appreciate it. Absolutely. Absolutely. So as mentioned, I am Dr. Downer. First name is Rosemarie. I live in the United States, Louis, Maryland. I am a former employee of USDA where, where I did social science research. Um, I worked for food and nutrition service and, uh, let's see, I retired in 2019. And, um, since then I have done some consulting for nonprofit organizations where I do, um, program evaluation and grant writing. I'm mostly, uh, actually entirely writing nonfiction Christian books. Now I started writing in 2009. That was my first published non-Christian book. Then I did another one in 2015. Those two books are rewrites that are included in these in five books that we'll be discussing today. Okay. I enjoy writing. I believe it's important to write what the Lord gives me for the church. It's a permanent record. I'm thoroughly enjoying it. The worst part of it is the marketing part, but I, <laughs> I enjoy yeah. writing and talking about it. I understand. Yeah. Marketing can definitely be a pain in the neck. So what started you writing? Like I grew up in churches. I've had good and bad experiences with churches to say the least. And even started just finding my way back to the religious side of the, of life. With that being said, what got you to write about churches? What drove you to actually yeah, write a yeah. point? Because if I'm looking at it right, your one book, the higher call of forgiveness, it's a mandate. Mm -hmm. Then you did a higher call of forgiveness leader guide. Mm -hmm. And then the COVID 19 test church or God religion or relationship. Mm -hmm. I mean, these are, sounds like they're trying to focus on certain topics of getting attention yeah. in certain areas. Yeah. What got you to actually feel that these are needed? So the high call of forgiveness was first published in 2015. And, um, I got 
quite a few comments, feedback that it was worth putting that book in a study guide, study series. So um, I redid it in 2021. And at that time, I expanded it and updated it as well as wrote the leader guide and student workbook that goes with it. So the study sessions line up with the chapters in the book. It allows for small group discussions and questions and answers and looking at scenarios that people can relate to a deeper examination of the scriptures and concepts that are in. Very good for small groups and Bible studies, women's group and things like that. Okay. And that I wrote the book on forgiveness because I went through a situation and it was a church situation that I went through. And I went, when I was going through my situation, I started to journal about my, my pain and hurt. I write a lot. So I've been writing. I, I love to write. Right. Um, and so I realized that what I was journaling was pretty long. It was turning into like a book. And I started writing the book way, way back when this happened. But that was not a book of edification. It was really a record of my pain. It was really a rewrite of what happened. And that would not bless it. When the Lord stopped me from writing the book and it later on, he led me back to pick it up. And from an entirely different perspective, I came and this book is written to heal. It's written to show people what forgiveness God's way look like. It's written to show people what the blessings of forgiving look like and what the consequences of unforgiveness look like. And let people know more than anything else, that is grace is sufficient and no matter what their hurt is. By his grace, we can. Right, let me ask this about the forgiveness book then, just because I kind of want to dig into it. Is the forgiveness in the sense of forgiving people, forgiving the church, forgiving who is it focused on forgiveness? Is it just forgiveness in general? And I do agree that there is problems if you don't forgive and you hold on to stuff. It's, I think there's an old saying, at least I've heard it quite a few times growing up is having anger towards somebody else is like drinking poison and expecting them to get sick. Yes, Joyce Myers is known for saying that. Um, so it's about forgiving anyone who offends you. It's hard to say you forgive the church because the church is made up of multiple individuals. That's the church. It's a mass right. of people. So it's whomever hurt you, it's whomever offend you, it's whomever caused damage to you that you need to forgive. And it doesn't matter who it is, and it doesn't matter the nature of the, the, the assault. Yeah, it's, it's uh, a mandate. All right. So in your book, uh, The Forgiveness, do you discuss on the different routes that the Bible talks about to actually forgive? Because sometimes forgiveness is easier said than done without guidance. Absolutely. Yes. And the Bible, the Bible if, you, if, you, if you stick to the Word of God, you can't get lost. Right. You just simply cannot get lost. Um, and yeah, the Bible is very straightforward and I'm not sure there are different routes to forgive. Yeah. I'm not sure. There's one route to forgive and it's through love. Right. Um, that I agree, but there's right. different ways of getting your mindset to that point, I believe. Absolutely. Yes. And it's through praying, trusting the Lord, believing the word of God, trusting that he, he will fight your battles. He will take care of issues. So I draw reference to a lot of scriptures. So I draw reference to a lot of scenarios in the Bible parables that Jesus taught. And that's why the study series is so very important um, because it gives people a full understanding 
of what God is saying about forgiveness. Many times we think we are forgiven, but we really have not. His right. way, his way. And that's why it's important to go back to the word. I understand. And then you go on to the COVID test, church, God, what drove you to do that? Because obviously that is definitely remarking to the current time. Yes. Um, that title, I was in prayer one morning. I had no intentions of writing this book. My next book was going to be something different. And that's, that is, that is still on hold. I still need to get back to that. Oh, by the way, if you allow me before I go on to church or God, mm -hmm. um, I just submitted the manuscript for a 40 day devotional on forgiveness to the book layout guy, my editor and book layout. So I, so it's going to be a full packet. Now we have, um, what do we have? We have the book, we have mm -hmm. the leader guide, we have the student workbook, and we have a 40 day devotional coming. Oh, nice. Yes. I am very passionate about forgiveness because it's our way out for healing and, and deliverance. So well, when it comes to forgiveness, I will say I personally, it takes, if you don't forgive, it does hurt you more than other people. And it does hang on and make you a lot more miserable than the other person. So absolutely. absolutely. To me, that is one thing that caught my eye and caught my attention about you when you first contacted me is forgiveness is a big thing and it's a powerful thing to be able to have in your life so that you don't hold on to the yeah. past in that sense. Yeah. And that's why I redid it because it's it's current. It's very current. Another, just a couple of seconds. Yeah. I, I shared three the three books, the three main books, not the leader guide and the word of work uh, workbook. I was out at the store yesterday and I saw this leader at length get the three books from my card trunk and just share them with her. I put them in front of her and immediately she looked past the other two books. Oh, forgiveness. I need that. <laughs> immediately. She just went straight to forgiveness because it's so relevant. It's so very relevant. It is. Awesome. And especially in today's world, people, mm -hmm. a lot of people are holding on to a lot of anger. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of judgment and a lot of stuff going on that mm -hmm. I think today it's very relevant. Yes. Yes. So the other book, <clears throat> which we can agree is also re relevant current is um, Church or God. Mm -hmm. The concept behind that book is, and the reason I have the COVID-19 test, Church or God, Religion or Relationship, it's a question. That book is entirely revolved around, around the qu question, are we wedded to church? Are we wedded to the institution we call church? Are we wedded to the building, the lights, the music, the people? the structure, the culture, the feel, or are we wedded to God himself? So during the COVID shutdown, when folks could not go in the building to worship, did believers decline spiritually or did they grow? And the question is, if you declined, is it because you couldn't be in the building? Is it because you couldn't be with other people? So do you have a personal, intimate relationship with him that you've been cultivating that although you couldn't be in the building and hear the music and the lights and hear the preaching, you declined. Are you dependent on only what you get in the four walls of the church or do you have a relationship with him? And if that's the case, why is that? What idols are in your life that have you going to church but don't have a deep intimate relationship with him? So it's a very um, introspective, examination type book. What's my relationship with the Lord like? And 
Is it threatened if I can't go to church? Do I have idols in my life? And what are those idols? Have I made church an idol? Have I made ministry an idol? Pastors that couldn't function because they couldn't go in the pulpit or because they couldn't go beside someone's bedside, that couldn't pivot and minister to, to their congregation from a different platform. Is it because they are wedded to church, the structure, the culture that we have created? What are we devoted to? That's, that's the, the thrust of the book. Okay. Well, and to me, that makes sense. And I guess the big thing is, is with a lot of people not being there in church, and I was always told that with a, being a church is just a gathering of people, it's not really, or it should not really be revolving around the building, the lights, and all the glitter, which is kind of, I guess, my problem here. I live down in Northern Virginia myself, where it seems like a lot of churches are very much focused on all that glitter, all that flash. And even some of the churches we've looked at, my family and I've looked at going to, they really, I've watched some of their videos they put online and they don't really stick to what the Bible says. So there does seem to be a large, a large growing separation between what I was always told the the words in red versus what somebody's currently believing. Mm -hmm. So it sounds like with that book of yours, it's pushing people to look back and consider, do we need to focus on what we're trying to draw people in? Are we trying to be more entertaining? Are we trying to save souls? What are we trying to do here? Mm -hmm. I know my pastor back in Ohio, him and I've had a discussion about the same topic. And the fact is, is he says that it, a lot of churches seem to be having that same dilemma where it's more, they're pushing more political agendas, more on both sides of the aisle, not just one or the other, but people are not focused on the whole Word of God. They're not focused on the Bible and teaching and letting people experience that relationship. So, and churches, church membership and church attendance have declined since the shutdown. And the question is why? Why did this distract you from your walk with the Lord? Why did this distract you from going back in the building? Um, it's, it's really an examination of the heart and the book really calls us back into intimacy with him. It calls us back into relationship with him. Who are we truly worshiping? Is it church or is it God? All right. So let me ask you this. Then do you believe that with the whole shutdowns, the COVID, everything that's been happening for the last couple of years, do you believe that's had a negative effect on the church in the sense of people don't have that connection? I mean, you can watch a video and feel connected to somebody, but church is also a sense of community in the right. sense of you can share your beliefs. You can feel connected with people. You can build that community. Do you believe that a lot of people are trying to find that community other places? since churches have been shut down? I, I think there are some. The Barna Group studies show that um, about 30%, 30 to 33% of those that, that were 
diligent churchgoers before the shutdown have fallen off. And that's the, that's the percentage I'm talking about. Why? What were you alleged to, what were you wedded to before? Why this caused you now to go the other direction? So I wouldn't say the majority of the church, but there are, and we know that there are small churches that, mm -hmm. that are, that have, that are, they're gone. They're off the map because people have fallen off. Right. That they're the people that I'm talking to as to, and even the pastors, why is this happening? Why, what did you not do? Not putting the onus on them, but what did you not do in ministry during the shutdown to not connect with these people and these people? What, 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 what about your walk is missing? Is broken, right. is weak, why this has happened? Yeah. All right. So with that, do you think that it's something that, do you think it's the sense of they're not really putting out the truth word of God is part of the reason? So people are looking at other resources, other information for that connection. Do you have a theory behind it that? Right. So, you know, an answer to why it happened is it cannot be one reason, right? So I am looking at the, the person first. I'm looking at the person first. So mm -hmm. if before the shutdown, you had a diligent prayer life, you had a diligent word life where you read the word on your own on a regular basis, you have your personal worship time, you have your personal devotion time, your personal prayer life. Yes, the church plays a role. The church is essential. As you mentioned, it's a place of community, but place to serve, to be served, a place for connection. It does play a role, but it should not be the glue that keep you together in your walk with the Lord. It should be your personal, private time in your secret place with the Lord. So my, my theory is the people who lost interest in church mm -hmm. during the shutdown, were interested in church because of church outside, church in the building, the, 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 all the glamour, the, maybe not even glamour, but just the, the, the community, they're dependent on the community versus an intimate relationship with the Lord, which is what he wants. Right. He wants a one-on-one -on -one relationship with us over the relationship we have with him on Sunday morning. So basically the Sunday morning Christians where they go off Friday night, drink, and then do all sorts of stuff and then come to church on Sunday acting like they're saints and what so have you. Even if they don't drink. I mean, right. church, uh, church is here. Church is, is, it replaces your relationship with the Lord. Right. What I mean by that is the people that go out and do raise hell and havoc. And, you know, not everybody that drinks is raising hell and havoc. Not everybody that goes out and does things. Just like I was always told, just because somebody is not in church doesn't mean that they are not Christians. It's like my family, like I said, we can't find a church that we like in this area. The church that we like is actually back in Ohio. <laughs> so it makes it hard for us to get back there every Sunday, obviously. Right. To go. <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> <laughs> well, we're far from that point yet, but... With that being said, what we try to do is we try to find our way the best we can. And I think what, and again, I don't have the background you obviously have on this, but it does sound like 
people need to find if they're actually there for the community or for God. And if you're there for the community, they need to look more in themselves to find that connection for God. All right. So let, let's talk about your other book. You have a book called The Self Scared Church. Scarred. Uh, scarred I'm sorry. <laughs> My, I have to go to the eye doctors coming this week. So. Forgive me, my pet tablet's not the best at this point, but can you tell me a bit about that and a bit about what that's reflecting on? Okay. So the self-scarred church is titled self-scarred because we are the church. It's not the building. It's not the bricks and mortars. It's the people that make up the church. Mm-hmm. And in the church, you have infighting, you have jealousy, you have competition, you have what I call, I talk about seven, seven scars. I should know them by heart. I'm going to try to remember them. <laughs> okay. um, lack of vision. Uh, I talk about lack of vision. I talk about crab syndrome, anti-pharisaical tendencies, king leadership, poverty mentality. I can remember five. Um, <laughs> so, so lack of vision. You have leaders in the church that lack vision. You have leaders in the church that all they are concerned about is having church on a weekly basis. If they have a program and all the slots are filled on the program and people come and have church, they're good. All right. Or, or whatever their ministries are about, it's routine. It's, they don't go farther. They don't, they don't push the envelope. They're not innovative. They're not risk takers. They, they maintain the church. That's church mentality versus kingdom mentality. Crab syndrome, I talk about um, everybody wants to have a big ministry and some people will climb on top of their brothers and sisters just to get to the top so they can have what they consider a big ministry. That's the crab syndrome work versus working together. Anti-pharisaical tendency. Now churches are um, not really teaching the pure unadulterated work. They're, they're feeding people's tickling ears. That's anti-Pharisaical. Anti-Pharisees were sticklers for the word. We've gone to the other extreme now of mitigating, watering down the words. Pastors are no longer holding people accountable um, in the body of Christ. King leadership, we've glamorized church leadership. We've glamorized pastoring. So those kind of wounds, I call them to the church, it's self-scarred because we are the church. So when we operate that kind of way, we're scarring the church. We are, we are, we are, we are not upholding the integrity of the body of Christ and who the bride of Christ. Um, and so I talk about those things and I bring us to the place where it doesn't end on the flaws or the scars. I bring us to the place where what we can do to come in alignment with where Jesus wants us to be for the body of Christ to be who she should be. That's what the self-scarred church is about. All right. So do you think there's a underlining theme be with your books, like the self-esteem issues, the any mental illness problems, that going on in the communities? Do you think that plays an issue with what you're writing about in the sense of these people have these issues one way or another mm-hmm. that's affecting that's they need to look at that is addressed in your books? Yes. So I don't, I don't think anything I talk about in the self scar church personally is due to mental illness. All right. I don't. 
um, I do, I did, I, the book starts out with a good discussion of Maslow's hierarchy of needs. I'm not sure if you're familiar with it. I am. Good. So it starts from lower order needs to higher order needs. Mm -hmm. And I explain that when we come to Jesus, he saves our soul. He redeems us from sin. He forgives our sin, but our emotional and inner brokenness then are healed. It's a process. Right. So you have people in the church who never got affirmed by their father, who never got told you can do this. You're good enough. You're, you're, you can do this and get applauded by their father. You have people who come in the body of Christ that are leaders, that are pastors, that are bench warmers, that are pew, whatever, sitters, whatever they are, with this hunger in them. And this is why, for example, I'm just giving one of many examples. You see competition in the church because, because they're still striving for that affirmation. They're still striving for that recognition. These are people that can't function if they're not in the pulpit, if they're, if they're not in a visible ministry. So it's these unaddressed wounds, these, these mental, emotional conditions from childhood, from history, from broken marriages, from history that, that are brought into the body of Christ that are not addressed. And many ministries are not equipped to deal with these things. Many ministries are solely focused on spiritual issues. They, they don't realize that the underlying reason for this woman to be so argumentative, for this woman to be so uh, rebellious is, is beyond sin. It's beyond break, breaking the law of God. It's a brokenness in her that the body of Christ is not equipped, often not equipped to address. Understanding. I mean, so yeah. So I remember one thing you said is that you in the contact that we did, that goal setting, things like that is also part of your writing in the sense of people need to figure out the goals they want in life and what books focus on that. Is it the forgiveness or is it the church and God? Which books or all of them focusing on setting goals to get back to, to God himself? So none of the books really specifically, these is, these is, these is, that's a skill that I have mm -hmm. um, in coaching people too. But if you should look to a book that allude to that or discuss that to some degree, it would be the Self-Scarred Church. All it right. is, um, as leaders and the Self-Scarred Church speaks to um, leaders a lot. There's a, there's a, a whole chapter on leadership, uh, king leadership. Um, as leaders and anyone, we we must have goals that we are pursuing. I feel sorry for anyone who don't have anything that they're aspiring to, that they right. want to accomplish and goals with dates on it, goals with a plan, because a goal without a plan is just an idea. You mm -hmm. have to have a plan. You have to have a road mapped out to get there. You may not stay on the pay pace you want to stay on, but it's important to have a plan. And with that goal, you have tasks, that's the plan. You have short-term goal, mid-term goal, long-term goal. Um, so yes, goals are important because if we don't have goals, we're going around in a circle and we're, we're spending energy. You're on a treadmill, but you, you're not moving. You're still in, in the same spot, but you're moving and spending energy. We must have goals. understand. So let me ask this then. Let's say that there's somebody out there that's trying to find out if they want to get back in the church. They say they've had the issues of 
the infighting and the issues of people giving them issues and they just left the church. What book do you have that you think would help them? Would it be the forgiveness to help them yes. get back yes. into it? Yes. Which yes. forgiveness book do you think would be the best for them to pick up and start with? Well, the forgiveness books are together. Right. It's a bundle. They relate to each other. So the book itself that says expanded and updated, reading that would, book would be helpful. It would be further helpful to do the study guide along with the book. Any material there would be helpful. The devotional that's coming out, that's also, also helpful. But I would probably suggest the devotional after reading the book. Um, but the book, The High Call of Forgiveness, is a good place to go because actually I spent some time talking about church hurt and that the strategy behind church hurt is bigger than you as an individual. When we get hurt in church, it's really not about us. It's about the, the, the seed that's in you, the potential that's in you. It's about the enemy trying to distract you from, from your divine destiny. It's about the enemy trying to lame the church. It's, it's not about the individual. So if we have the right perspective on what's going on when we are hurt, especially in the context of the church, it is easier. You know what? I also tell individuals like that because I talk to those individuals a lot. I could be one of them. All right. I could have walked away from the church and hate the church and have, want to have nothing to do with the church. I've been very, very deeply hurt by the church and not only once. Right. I am still in the church. You know why? Because my relationship is not with the church. My relationship is with Jesus Christ. Right. No, and when he true. returns, I cannot stand before him and say, I didn't serve you because of what XYZ did to me. Right. Yeah, and I understand that. Point. Like I said, from what I remember, especially it's even said in the Bible that the church is not the walls, but the gathering of people. So you find the people that you can worship with and grow with and be able to build that relationship with. Correct. So, yeah, I mean, just because one church is not the right fit for you does not mean you need to avoid all churches. Exactly. Exactly. And some people make the mistake of doing that. Well, like, I'll be honest with you. I've been kicked out of, I think, five churches in my lifetime. Really? Mo yeah. Well... One of them was because I dated a preacher's daughter, which is never a good thing. <laughs> but I got kicked out for that. It was what happened that her and I got caught doing that got me oh, kicked okay. out. But, but still, okay. you, you know, mercy. Where's mercy? You know, I, yeah. I agree. But my younger days, I was a little wilder. And okay, but it was also I've gone to churches where because I've read the Bible. And I question pastors and things like that. I've been to churches where the pastors don't want to be questioned. They want you to listen to what they say. If you don't like what they say, get out. Wow. And I've had people, I've had pastors in the, I forget what they're called now, the, con the congregation members come to me and tell me that I'm just really not welcome in the church. So... Out of my life, I've had that quite a few times. And wow. So, yeah, and again, I found that it is difficult to deal with it after so many times. You're like, mm -hmm. I'm done. Mm -hmm. And for a while, I did walk away. And like I said, I'm just now finding my way back. Mm -hmm. And the sad thing is, is 
the church that we find connected to is back in northern Ohio, where the pastor's a fantastic guy. He does an amazing job, and I still once in a while, mind you, I don't bother him as much as I probably should, but I do reach out to him with questions if I have them. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, forgiveness is a big thing, and that's also where I can say I know from personal experience, too, that forgiveness is not the easiest thing to come right. by, right? but it is valuable to have. Yes. I'd say it's a mandate. It's, it's we have to. <laughs> Yes, it's Lord, a Lord God is one of his commands. Yeah. That it is. Yeah. yeah. So I do appreciate you being on. Absolutely. I have a feeling that we could probably dig into this for quite some time. <laughs> and the problem is, is I don't want to overwhelm people too much with it. Correct. Yes. So I'll tell you what, the next books you got, you have coming out, I want you to reach out to me because I want to have you on again. I will. I will because to do that. I want to talk with you again. With that being said, can you tell people where they can find you? Can you tell yes. people if they want to reach out to you to get more information, where the best place to do it is? Absolutely. Absolutely. I would love to talk to anyone who wants to talk to me. My email address is info at books by Rosemarie. That's R-O-S-E-M-A-R-I-E dot com. Info at books by Rosemarie dot com. My website is booksbyrosemarie.com, www.booksbyrosemarie.com, Facebook, Books by Rosemarie, Twitter, Books Rosemarie, Instagram, Books by Rosemarie. So pretty much Books by Rosemarie almost <laughs> everywhere except Twitter is Books Rosemarie. Um, the books can be found on Amazon. If you put my name in, all the books come up and um, that's where you can get it. Or my okay. website. Well. It'd be best to go to the website. That way they can learn more about you as well yes, and yes. find the books there. Absolutely. I'll also have all your information, these links in the show notes, as well as a profile on authorblurb.com where people can go and find you, find these episodes. So I do appreciate it. I'm going to stop the recording. So this is the end of the conversation for everybody. And if you can hold on, we'll talk a little more after. Okay. All right, Dr. Donner, thank you for being here. Sure, it was a pleasure. So that was the show. That was our conversation. It was a good conversation, like I said. I hope you enjoyed it as well. With that being said, go to authorblurb.com where you can find the information on Dr. Downer. You can also find information on our past guest, our upcoming guest, Find all of our shows, where we're streamed, even find articles written by some of our guests. Now, I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you enjoy all of our shows and you come back, tell your friends, rate the show. And if you really do like it and you want to help out, you can go to show support at authorblurb.com. And there's three options where you can buy my books. That would help support as well as either donating with buying me a cup of coffee, or you can also donate in crypto. So thank you again, and I look forward to talking to you again soon.